Hey everybody, this is Tom back with you on Pursuing the Muse. I'm thrilled today to be chatting with Dallas singer-songwriter John Danforth. After a series of EPs, John's been making waves since his debut album, Beginning and End, came out in 2022. He's followed it up with his latest release, Repetitions, which came out last quarter of 2023. His blend of catchy melodies and introspective lyrics resonates with audiences, and I'm excited to delve into his creative process and musical journey. So buckle up, because without further ado, here is John Danforth. This is Tom with Pursuing the Muse, and I'm joined by John Danforth. You're uh, you're in Dallas, right? That's right. I'm in Dallas. Okay, you were, but you were born and raised in Arkansas. Yeah, so I was born and raised like just outside of Little Rock, which is the capital city of Arkansas. For those who are not familiar, um, I grew up in Ferndale, actually, so kind of out in the woods. And lived in Arkansas for like 25 years before uh, moving to Texas. So, so yeah. Excellent. One of my favorite things about Dallas is, I'm in Chicago, is uh, that it's the closest In-N-Out burger to me. Oh, is it? It, oh. is. <laughs> it is. Wow. Okay. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I've actually got one like two minutes from my house. So. Oh. Yeah, I got to go get me an animal style every once in a while, you know. You're living in luxury. I guess so. <laughs> All right. So uh, to get started, I, I thought I'd ask, how did you get started writing songs? Yeah, yeah. So I started playing guitar, I think, when I was like 12 or 13 years old. And I started playing guitar after my mom had like tried to make me do the piano lessons thing, which which I think most moms do I, I suppose maybe um but i come from a musical family so my mom played uh piano and clarinet she was very good at clarinet and then my dad sang in the church choir so music was always kind of around and um and yeah i started playing like i said when i was 12 or 13 and just immediately like started trying to to write songs for for whatever reason that's kind of what i was drawn to was was trying to write a song that was cool um I wasn't really drawn to like trying to like shred or like play guitar really awesome or, or do the solo thing um, or do the solos thing, I guess. Um, it was more just about songwriting right from the get-go. So, so yeah, I got started then and 
wrote a whole bunch of really bad songs for years, <laughs> right? As one does. And then hopefully- yeah, that's you get to the good ones. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, hopefully I've, I've made some progress and I'm hopefully writing a little bit better now. <laughs> and who were your inspirations when you started out? What kind of songwriters were you like borrowing from? Yeah, so when I first started out as a kid, um, I, I grew up kind of in a, a very, I guess, more conservative Christian home. And so like a lot of folks in the Bible Belt or a lot of kids that I knew in the Bible Belt, we weren't really supposed to listen to secular music. So we were, we were in theory, limited to like Christian music. Um, and so I listened to a lot of Jars of Clay right out of the gate. Um, I enjoyed them. But, you know, as, as kids like us did, we would steal radio time when the parents were at home. And so we would listen to a lot of nineties rock. So I, I guess at the time, you know, as far as influences, I mean, you know, I was listening to a lot of Jars Clay when I was a kid, like I said, but, but yeah, a lot of nineties rock, um, you know, we listened to a lot of like Nirvana and Foo Fighters and, um, you know, Third Eye Blind, listened to a lot of Third Eye Blind because I was on the radio, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, all those bands, Blink-182, mm -hmm. uh, listened sure. to a lot of Jimmy Eat World. So I would say initially, um, that's probably who I was kind of influenced by, those those folks um, kind of starting off the bat, just the stuff that I grew up with, right? Um, and then as I got older and started to go back a bit further in terms of who I was listening to, um, you know, Johnny Cash became a big influence for me, still is. John Prine, uh, Bob Dylan, you know, all those guys. Um, Father John Misty is somebody who I really like. I've been listening to him for, for a little while and really love what he's doing. Uh, Sturgill Simpson, you know, that's another person that I kind of fell in love with like five or six years ago or, or whenever Meta Modern Sounds uh, came out. Loved that record. Um, so yeah, those are some of, that's kind of how my influences have kind of shifted over the years. Now, I I will add that I, part of my anticipation and excitement of talking to you is in the fact that in addition to being a fantastic songwriter, you're also like really funny on Twitter. Oh, so uh, um, I, 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 I bring up Twitter just because I, I noticed from your feed that you listen to a lot of music on uh, on, a, on a regular basis, and you're you're always giving shout outs to all kinds of new records, and it's like you're even helping me keep pace of uh, of some of the re releases out there. So it seems like you have a very eclectic um, influence level. Yeah, well, well, thank you for saying that. Um, Twitter can be fun, I suppose, sometimes, right? Um, but it but yeah, I, it used to be fun, and now yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a long and winding journey with with Twitter or X or whatever we call it. Uh, right. But yeah, it's uh, I I love music. I love to listen to you know everybody says they listen to everything, but I really do enjoy listening to everything. I mean, even like this year, you know, when I look at the albums that I've listened to probably the most, it's like Caroline Polachek. You know, it was more like pop oriented. Um, Nickel Creek's new album, I've been listening to that a ton. Olivia Rodrigo, I loved her new album. Blake Wayne Two's out, new album. So it's like, you know, there's just so much good music out there. Obviously, there's good stuff from the past, but there's so much awesome stuff that's being made now um, that I just love. So, yeah, love to tweet about it when I can. <laughs> and then all that stuff that that kind of comes in and percolates. Um, it it has resulted in your new record, 
repetitions, which is an apt title because I'm listening to it repeatedly. So uh, I don't know if that was a subliminal uh, thing you were trying to do, but it worked. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a great it's 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 a lot of, it's a lot of pop, and I would say sonically it feels light and in a way and light and energetic at the same time and then but when you hear the words it gets it's a lot deeper you know and it it makes for a a beautiful beautiful balance of like uplifting and yet makes you think so uh, uh, kudos to you on on this this new record which is really really good well thank you very much i I really appreciate that It, it was a lot of fun to make and um you know, it's funny that you mentioned kind of pop, pop the pop side or, or, you know, I guess, and, and even as we were making the album, what I wanted to do, or one of the goals for a, a bunch of the songs, um, particularly, I guess, on the, the the front half of the album was I wanted it to sound more like pop for what I'm doing. Like uh, Wilco, I can't remember which album it was, but they referred to it as their poppiest album as far as like, you know, how if they imagine their songs as pop, this is what it would sound like. And that was kind of how I felt about, or what I was trying to do with some of the songs on this album was trying to lean into whatever pop would be for me. Uh, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that was kind of an intentional, intentional thing. Um, as far as, you know, the lyrics, you know, I, I, my goal is to write something that's, you know, kind of speaking to, you know, deeper issues on, on, on some of the songs, some of the songs, I just want to have fun with it, you know, and, and have a good time. Uh, but, but some of them I do want to hit on those deeper issues that hopefully, hopefully can resonate with other people. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of, kind of the goal. It seems like, uh, your first single from the record was novelty. And that seems mm-hmm. to be an example of something that's just having a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like, it's in that realm of like, almost perfect pop songs and like huh. in my mind in history I, I like to me the perfect pop song is uh marshall crenshaw's whenever you're on my mind it's okay. just uplifting it gets in it does its job and it's yeah. over and then when it's done everybody feels happier and, and yeah. that's like the same kind of mold that i feel like yeah. uh novelty is uh is in yeah well thank you so much that's very kind um yeah i i wanted it to be i wanted it to be fun i wanted it to be kind of almost sing-songy and almost silly at points because it's because of the subject matter with social media and you know folks being willing to do bizarre things to to try to get attention through social media and sometimes understandably so but still it's very silly um you know some of the things that are done so so yeah i was trying to go for that awareness here and there (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) I don't need to be pouring things on myself uh, to, to get to get likes. Exactly. But anyway, uh, so how how did that song come about for you? Can can you uh, take us through the whole process of where where it started as a mere glimmer in your eye and and yeah. came out? Yeah. So for for novelty, the um, the chorus, which is kind of more, I would say, sing songy. I came up with the melody idea. I was just driving, you know, I think I dropped a kid off at school or something. I was just driving. And so the melody kind of came to my head and I thought it was, Hey, that's kind of maybe a little catchy. It's kind of funny. And so I just, you know, whip out my iPhone and, and do the voice recorder 
um, and got the melody down. And then later I, you know, went back in and kind of filled in a little bit more. Um, but yeah, as far as the lyrics, I mean, you know, with social media, it's something that I've thought about, you know, you know, quite a bit, you know, my, what I do for my day job, I'm around social media quite a bit. And then obviously in my, you know, with my music and with everything else I spent, I'm a millennial, right. You know, so, um, I've spent a lot of time on social media and I've thought about it a lot and I kind of go back and forth as to whether I want to keep being on it and spending time there. And it's like, you know, there's sometimes I feel like the cons outweigh the pros, um, you know, and so I, those, those kind of thoughts have been kind of just you know, percolating in my mind for, for a while now, right? Especially with, you know, recent, I guess, cultural and political happenings um, and how information gets, you know, you know, distorted and everything. So I don't know, it's been on, I feel like the, the collective consciousness, everybody's mind, social media, the goods and the bads about it. And so, I don't know, it was, it was pretty easy and straightforward to, to get the lyrics out. And I mean, it was kind of fun to like, put myself in there even though it's not necessarily completely written you know from my perspective it's right. kind of fun to kind of put yourself in there and kind of try to flex that muscle a little bit and have have some fun with it you know because it's i would say lyrically it's pretty different from what i have normally done historically i think it's more almost sardonic you know it's a little silly kind of funny little i don't know so it, it was something different it was it was it was fun to fun to do that yeah i think it keeps it fresh and keeps it keeps it fun that way yeah yeah, that was that was the goal. Now, it, with the the record itself, um, I don't know. Are there 10, 11 songs on there, or uh, ten songs? Yeah, 10. okay. Mm -hmm. Did they did it did it come to you over a span of time with the ten songs, or did you sit down and like bang them out like within a, a, a compressed time frame? Yeah. So for this for this album. It really, some of the songs I've been sitting on for years and just didn't feel like, you know, they were ever ready until I continued to refine, continued to change things, tweak things. I'm like, oh, okay, now it's ready. So for example, Nothing At All, um, I probably wrote that song four years ago, maybe, something like that. So I've had it for a while. Um, it just didn't fit in on, to me, it didn't really fit in on it, whatever projects I was working on at the time. And then finally, by the time I got to this album, I had refined it a bit more. And then I, I got the idea that, you know what, maybe, what if we tried to just like on every song that I've released, my acoustic guitar is on there. And this is the only song that I've ever put out. I've got like 35 songs on Spotify from various projects. This is the only song out of all of those where no acoustic guitar at all. You know what I mean? And so that was kind of a part of that thinking of like, all right, let's try something new. Let's, let's mix it up a little bit. Um, and so I was like, what if we just start it with piano and just bring in strings and just kind of make it, try to aim for that kind of more cinematic uh, feel. And it, you know, in my opinion, it paid off. I, I like the arrangement. I like the acoustic guitar not being, you know, on a song for once. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, do something different. Uh, it's so a that's novelty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, look at that. Um, and so that one, uh, yeah, is an example of one of the older ones. There's another song on the record uh, time won't turn around, which was actually, I had a, I already released that song, uh, back on my departure EP, uh, which came out, um, uh, 2018, uh, or 2019. So I had done like a version of that back yeah. then. And then we basically grew the song, expanded it and made it faster when playing like full band live. And so I was like, I kind of like this live version. 
uh, a little bit better. It's got more going on, more dynamic, more a little bit more rock and roll in it at the end. Um, and so I thought it would be fun to kind of redo that song for this record. Um, and it's it's also kind of fun because it plays into the repetitions theme because we're repeating this song again. <laughs> there you go. So I was wondering yeah, if anyone would notice that. So many levels. I, I, <laughs> it's a it's a good thing I'm, I'm interviewing you so I can can catch all these levels. Yeah, there you go. And, um, and I saw that it's it was it's a sundown version. Is that the way it's uh, okay? Yeah, so yeah. I was curious about that. I'm mean, like, and uh, I apologies for not catching that I the the first version was out there. But uh, oh no 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 worries. Yeah no. Um, so yeah, it's it's. Time will turn around sundown version and it's named that because the first time we played the um the new version of it that was a little more rock and roll um it was at a venue called sundown at granada in dallas and so nice. thus the sundown part um that's so, yeah. gonna be a trivia question one day <laughs> there you go there you go uh yeah i'll be ready so, yeah, yeah, and then it's, so yeah, a couple of the songs were like older songs, right, years old, and then like you know other ones. Bad faith, I like just wrote that one, uh, like pretty pretty soon before we started recording. Um, it all came together pretty quickly, uh, and again, that was another fun kind of, I guess, new direction for me or, or new flavor, a little bit more rock than than what I've done in the past. You know, a fun solo in there, and um, so that that one was fun and you know very new. And then the last song, I Don't Want to Forget, that was also one that was uh, very recently written as well. So, so yeah, it wasn't like a situation where you just sit down and like, you know, bang the whole 10 sing- songs out. It's like kind of a, a journey for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I can see how, what, what's nice about, you know, you say it's nothing, a lot, nothing at all has been around a while, is that it, it's a really nice contrast to a lot of what's been going on on the first half. And, you know, the, Honestly, I I have a different favorite song on the record, uh, depending on when you ask me. And I think when I was writing to you earlier, uh, Nothing at All was my favorite at that time. And it's, it's still high up the list. And um, is that you on piano there or is that somebody else? Uh, no, that's somebody else. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, another musician. Is, is guitar your, your only instrument or you, you do any others? Uh, just guitar. Just guitar. Yeah. I okay. I mean, I, as a, as a no, frustrated I, guitarist, <laughs> I should I should do bass that because then I could like you know jump in with other bands sometimes even more easily I feel like but uh, yeah acoustic guitar is is my my thing I've got an electric guitar but to be honest with you I haven't like played it in years to be honest it's just okay. all, all always acoustic for me so far it's working so <laughs> yeah if it ain't broke don't fix it thank you yeah yeah I have fun with it so <laughs> yeah and then. Another song that's a highlight on the record, uh, Can't Stay Here. And I, that, that was also a single that came out before the album itself. Mm-hmm. Did you write that with the strings in mind, or was that something that evolved in the studio? Yeah, um, I always wanted a cello on it um, from the get-go. Yeah, I, I always kind of envisioned that. And, and I I had the same player. Uh, he, he played on the song Begin Again, which is on my other album, um, and I really liked his work there. And so to me, that song, I thought, yeah, I thought it'd be fun to have a cello on it. And I like how it turned out. I like how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's, it, it, it like, it lifts it and it takes it. Did you, did you have a, a melody in mind for him to play or did you just kind of give him a starting point and say, go? Yeah. So for like the, the verses, 
I was just going to let him do what his thing and figure something out and just tell him where to come in for the kind of the cello solo part. I did have a part and I like sang it into the recording for him to like play it back and he did something different and uh, I liked what he did better. So right. <laughs> I'll a take it, you know? Yeah. Beautiful accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah. He's, he's a great player. Um, and yeah, did a great job on the song in my opinion. Now, when you're writing songs, do you have a process in general that songs come to you or is it all across the board? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say the vast majority of my songs that I write come about from initially from me just, you know, picking around on my guitar and just playing, you know, playing whatever comes to mind and just kind of like stumbling on things. So I think the vast majority I'll come up with like a guitar, either a, a progression or like a, a riff type deal. Um, and then normally I'll get like a little bit of a melody to go along with it. It just kind of like organically, I'll kind of, you know, do whatever. And then I'll get it all on my voice recorder and I'll get that initial idea or snippet from the guitar or the vocal part, normally both. And then from there, it's just like workshopping it and just like going back and like trying to figure out lyrics and um deciding if it needs you know another bridge or some kind of different you know chords to add um, so that has been my process you know for for a lot of the songs there's been like rare occasions like there was one occasion where like a melody came to me in my sleep which i know is corny sounds cheesy but it's true the yes yeah the melody and the lyric yeah came Coming to me eggs. in my sleep yeah. Yeah. And so, and so I woke up and like, you know, quickly, you know, did that. There's, there's been other songs where like, um, like I'll come up with the melody in my head while I'm driving. And like I told you for, for novelty, um, as long as this can last is another example of that. Um, I've got another song, good morning rose where I kind of came up with the melody in my head. And so it's just, you know, the fact that you can just pull out your iPhone and capture those right when you have that little flash of like, Oh, that could be something it's like a game changer. I mean, it's so, you know, right. it's so nice. Cause I would forget all these things, you know, if I, if I had to wait till I got home to like do something with it. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some songs have come about that way, but, but yeah, normally it's just, you know, whipping out the guitar, messing around on it and jamming around just like I did when I was like 13 or 14, like, you know, same deal. Um, I think it would be fun to experiment with new approaches to songwriting, but I just, you know, I've just kind of done this, you know, pretty yeah. much for, for all of them so far. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in the future though. And, and it's working. And yeah. I, Thank you. When you were, when you were talking to you, I was, I was reminded of, I, I think in Paul McCartney's book, and I don't remember the name of it. He was talking about like when they would jot down an idea, like on a napkin or, mm -hmm. you know, some snippets of words and, and just a general idea. They were like, if I can't remember how this goes, you know, in the hours it takes to get to an instrument, then it wasn't worth keeping. It, in the it, first it, it probably not good enough. Yeah, exactly. I've heard that too. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they didn't have that voice recorder. Yeah. Things oh. worked out for them though. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the songs we'd have. I, I, probably yeah. impossible to imagine. I, I, AI, AI could maybe imagine the songs that the Beatles could have. Right. Yeah, exactly. Have you heard the new one then and now? I, I have not. I, I mean, I should I should listen to it, but I haven't yet. All right, I saw that Peter Jackson was involved. Was Peter Jackson, like, did the video or something like that? 
I heard there's a documentary that's very good on HBO Max, but mm-hmm. I will come forth and say that I don't really want to hear it. Really? <laughs> you know? Just because it's like, I I feel like the, 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 the book is closed on the Beatles and I don't need this. So I, I don't, kind of, I don't want it, to hear it. I wonder if it's the same type of thing as some people don't want the holograms for famous like musicians or whoever to like perform concerts concerts now. Like, it feels like it's the same thing there a little bit. I, yeah, I don't want the holograms for like artists I really like, but yeah, if it gets tacky, like I know like Ronnie James Dio had a hologram tour, and I was like, mm. I, I I could enjoy seeing that just f- from a certain level. Yeah. Uh, that makes but, sense. But I, I don't want to see John Lennon in a hologram singing AI lyrics, so. Yeah, yeah I did too much. They gave us a gift. It was more than enough, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and I'm happy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I was going to mention that uh, I've been a fan of yours for about a year. I was introduced to you by, <laughs> funny, funnily enough, speaking of AI, uh, the Amazon Music algorithm. Oh, okay. Which said, "Hey, here's an artist you might like," and I guess that's it. Was a case where technology worked out for the better. There you, <laughs> you go. Know, Write it down. We didn't wake up to a dystopia, and the Statue of Liberty wasn't on a beach, but it, the technology was very helpful, and um, it was. Uh, Oh shit! It's, it's escaping me now. Was um, it? I still miss someone. Was I still miss someone? Yes. I yes. That's what you exactly. Said. And oh god! Oh, I love that song. I'm, I am, you know. And I don't know if it's like uh, nothing at all is like a love song. And then mm-hmm. I still miss someone. Is it's a love song, but in a you know loved and lost kind of way. I I, I have a soft spot for for a good loved and lost song, and that, that one it's just a great one. So. Yeah. Thank you for that. No, well, thanks. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, a Johnny Cash song covered. So it was fun to, and obviously a big challenge, you know, anytime you take a song like that, I feel like you're open yourself up to, to risk for a lot of people to hate you for trying to take mm-hmm. on, you know, a classic, but, um, but I don't know. I was happy with how it turned out and, uh, yeah. And, yeah. It, but and if you're not going to make it your own, it's like, why bother, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. We, we've got the original. Yeah. So. Exactly. It, yeah. y- you pulled it off. Because, like, Hendrix doing Bob Dylan works for me, but uh, I, I think Van Halen doing the Kinks works for me. But most most of the time, a cover that sounds exactly like the original, I'm, uh, I, I don't see the point. Yeah. What is the point? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. All right. So. You are, are, are you going to tour for this record? Um, so I, probably not like an official tour, but I'll play like to wrap up the year. I've got a few shows around uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area that I'll be playing and then hoping to play a good number of shows um, uh, next year. That's the plan. That's that's the goal. So play a lot of shows in kind of Texas and, and Arkansas. Go back to the to motherland, play some shows there, hopefully. um so yeah just kind of some regional stuff so but excited to get back out there you know for a lot of the shows that i've been doing in the dfw area i've got a buddy who plays piano uh so we go out and do the duo thing and it's a lot of fun it's a fun format and we have a good time 
Would you say that Texas has an influence on you that is is different from Arkansas? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I would say that I didn't really listen to much country music before moving to Texas. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's a function of moving to Texas or a function of age or 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 or, or what, but um, but I have listened to it's a lot more me, country. So. Yeah, yeah. So because when I was a kid, like I always, I was always one of those people who said I love everything but country, you know. Um, but then moving to Texas, it's like I just discovered, you know, artist after artist that you know were just awesome. The songs really spoke to me. So now I love like the outlaw, you know, the classic stuff. Um, lo- love that, and you know, whatever, whatever I'm playing, kind of those longer gigs, I'll throw in Willie Nelson, you know. Uh, Merle Haggard, you know, Waylon Jennings, plenty of Johnny Cash songs. Um, so yeah, uh, I would say it's probably influenced me, you know, a little bit maybe towards the countryside on some songs, maybe. Um, a playing in you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, and it's, that's another thing that's funny is that when I talk, I feel like I don't have much of a twang, but then sometimes when I sing, it'll just like randomly <laughs> poke its head out at different points to give me this random twang sometimes. So I don't yes. know. You're putting it's not on like your, intentional. It's just happens, you know. It's a persona you're stepping into. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, know, you, you mentioned Merle Haggard, and I am eternally grateful because I was uh, I saw I was I was firmly in my I don't listen to country music phase, and mm-hmm. I dated someone who wanted to see uh, Confederate Railroad, who, who was opening for Merle Haggard. So mm. because of who I was dating, I accidentally saw Merle Haggard and <laughs> was blown away. And may ha- that may have been the moment that that opened me up to accepting country music. That's awesome. That's 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 a good story. The Walworth County Fair in the middle of a racetrack. Wow! There you go. That's amazing. Standing yeah. It's fun- in- Standing in the horse poop, almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny. The first time I saw, I, I've seen Willie Nelson play twice, um, and the first time it was because I was going to see the Dave Matthews Band play in Memphis, and Willie Nelson was opening for the Dave Matthews Band. Um, you know, which that doesn't seem right. Which is one of those funny things, but it's like you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, Dave right. Matthews Band. I feel like regularly top like the most grossing tour sales or whatever like so i mean right. i don't know it's interesting but but yeah i mean willie nelson was great i did i confess i felt bad for him because when dave matthews band went on it was like the full production and the energy was just like on a it's just a different mm-hmm. thing right and so um yeah. so i feel like his sound maybe got a little dwarfed i hate to say that but um he's great though i saw him play at his like july 4th like picnic that he does um out near billy bob's we went to we went to that and that was such a fun show so we, we saw willie nelson play and then we saw chris christopherson play oh and yeah like when christopherson got out there i mean it was just like i don't know he just he just looked like the i don't know the moses of of classic country i, I don't know what you it was just yeah, like a legend a lot of songs it's just like i couldn't he was just a legend up there playing and uh he was fantastic it was it was a great show um so yeah that was fun I feel lucky to have gotten to see those two play. Mm-hmm. How how do you say? I mean, how how would to get weirdly like I don't meta on on music itself? What do you say is wh- what do you think music brings 
to culture itself. I mean, we're, we're talking about big venues and shows that are pulled off in different ways. What, yeah. what role does at a high level does music play in culture? Yeah. Um, so I, th I think it does a lot of important things. And I would say to get to the culture piece, like, I guess, firstly, when I think about songs and music and, and what it does for me, it's like it, it, you know, it can turn your day around. It can bring you joy, which, which, you know, it can, maybe you had a terrible morning, terrible traffic, and then your favorite song or, or some song that you've never heard before that just really moves you comes on on the radio or whatever, and it can change your whole outlook for a day, mm -hmm. which is no small thing in, in my view. And then, so there's, there's that, there's also the piece of hearing, you know, it's like the thing when you're reading a book or you hear a song and it's like, they say something that you didn't really necessarily know was something other people experiencing. You're, you're like, Oh, you feel that too. Or, Oh, you've been through that too. And so it makes you feel less alone. It makes you feel almost more human, more connected with, you know, what other people are going through. So I think, you know, those types of things play on more the individual level, but I think culture is a result of a bunch of individuals. So I think there's influence that way. Um, from like a more meta, like zoomed out piece, I think that, you know, obviously if you go to a big concert where, you know, Taylor Swift obviously is a good example of that, but people go there and they almost have like, I don't know if you want to call it religious experiences, but, but they have these kind of like moments of, you know, I, th I think it can bring about moments of like connection and relationship and community and unity and like all those types of things in those events and i think that hopefully there's some carryover from that into you know how they operate in their day-to-day -day lives and and all of that kind of contributes you know and again in my view to to culture so those those are like two you know ideas and then yeah, i guess a third one would be obviously speaking directly to your cultural moment through your songwriting um mm -hmm. that's you know one of the things that I'm trying to do on the song Bad the, Faith your last record, is beginning to, and end, you know, call out felt the very, numerous uh, Bad Faith singer songwriter that we have uh, kind of in folky, this modern digital uh, this social media and algorithm-driven uh, culture that we've got. More you know electric what I mean? it's stuff like, going on so, and feels um, brighter. That, that's kind of, you know, and, and more you know, energy. I think I think those types of songs, Are you feeling you know, like a conscious can energy contribute to culture in you're terms of like, I, you know, calling out problems or issues or maybe even proposing um, solutions? Does that so I think just it's, I think it's very powerful. I think it's very powerful. Our individual level, which can yeah. contribute to um, culture, but so then for also the zoomed first, out. I think it has uh, a lot of impact album. on the beginning and folks being able to identify problems and um, you know, relate uh, to I think that was something that was maybe more discovered age. as we no, when, went when along. When you're writing kind a song the, like the vibe Bad and Faith, the feel of the how record, much does uh, so I think that was kind of something that we pieced together as like we went. A concept um, that you're, and then once you get kind of a little ways into it, it kind of gives you entrenched in how much does it help you make sense of production you're feeling and as, instrumentation as, as you write the song so i would say yeah. the first one it was that along. for repetition that yeah, it's the second album no i mean it's a great I point I, mean, I, I think it was a question but i would just say i think again, it's a great copy. point I and it like to be hopefully more catchy it's it's um, so that was my goal like, going I, into I, it and like looking I back like songwriting like is kind of a learning like process a good like, like more folky songs so trying to know yourself better and communicate better and which is fine i love it doesn't have to be sometimes you learn things about yourself you don't have to go in one direction for the sake of like processing things that you're going through yeah 
Yeah, that's right. Um, um, and, so, and so yeah, I think the, it's, the attention so, so yeah, was it's to like, be more. I think you learn, and, and you can. Um, I think you can learn, and hopefully you can teach. You know, I, I yeah. love folk music, <laughs> and, and I love right. or, or get your idea across. Songwriter stuff teach is the best but, word, but sometimes get your idea across to people. You know, present your thoughts. Sometimes some um, of it for them can to get boring, and so I wanted this record to not be boring at all. You know, I wanted it to. I think to have more going on to be bigger, to have more dynamic, more variety. So you've got you know guitar solos on bad faith. You've got like an arcade game sounding electric guitar as long as this can last, and then you've got like on the other side, you've got kind of this sweeping, more cinematic, you know, string section on songs like Repetitions or or Nothing at All, and then obviously the last song, it's like just one guitar and one vocal, you know, very kind of you know bare bones. Um, So I wanted to have dynamic. I wanted to have uh, more on the rock side, and I think. I think we did that. <laughs> yeah. How many songs did you bring into the studio? Yeah. So I always go into the studio with like the final batch. Um, so, you know, I think for this, for this record, I mean, there's kind of a, for, for this particular album, I had a little bit of struggle because I was trying to make another album basically. Like I had a different theme and vibe that I wanted and I kept writing these at the beginning stage i kept writing and i so my thought was i'll have two different albums the more like folky um kind of with the same the other theme, and then like the repetitions album which would hopefully be more upbeat and, and poppy so initially I, you know i was trying to jam it all into one album but then i just kept writing songs so i probably wrote like 15 or 20 uh total songs and then it whittled it down to like 10 uh for the for the final album okay but but you knew which 10 you were gonna yeah Going into the studio, I knew which 10, yeah. Okay. So do you have something in mind for a next record then? Yeah, yeah. So for the next album, I've got like probably eight or nine songs that I know that I want to be on it. And it's more in a folky direction. Um, I've always wanted to do like a true acoustic album, like with just like acoustic and then like mandolin, banjo, like like strings no like electric guitars just dropping the rock piece and just Mm -hmm. really dive into the so that is what i'm probably going to do for the next album um kind of leaning into that could change you know sure just warning it putting that on there but i'm not gonna hold you to it don't don't hold me to yeah (laughs) um yeah so but but the next yeah the next thing is kind of leaning more into folky direction um and hopefully i can yeah pull it off so have you heard yeah. uh gabe lee's record that came out in july where it's all yeah. like acoustic and mandolin and stripped down it's nice it's, um sounds a little I, bit I like what you're doing what you're talking about okay yeah i'll have to go check that out yeah um yeah i i've, I've heard some of his old stuff I, I like him so i'll have to check out his new album but yeah i've been listening to like so much nickel creek and so that's probably gotten into me i'm like eh. <laughs> i like the mandolin oh yeah it's just it just just a question because it rang, it rang that bell. It made me think of that. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. So you got some some shows around Texas coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're yep. going to uh, do when do you, do you have a sense of when you're going to start working on the next record? Do you is it is it a feel thing or is it more strategic? Yeah. So right now my plan. Um, again, subject to change, but my plan is to use 2024 to just play shows, play out, um, and then try to focus on 
refining the songs that I've got and then writing new songs. So what, one of my favorite things to do when it comes to like making albums and, and kind of what I'm doing for music is, is to get like what I think is going to be the final 10 songs for an album and then try to write songs that are better oh. to like replace them. It's like this fun little, you throw that throw it on the it, gauntlet on yourself. It's a fun little challenge. Um, and, and I, I, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I don't know why it's fun, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm planning on doing playing shows and then songwriting in 2024. Um, and then hopefully putting out the next record, probably 2025 is, is kind of my, my loose plan, but, but who knows, maybe I'll get halfway through the year and I'm like, ah, I want to go back to the studio and make music now because I tend to get I, I tend to feel very impatient. Like once I've got a song, I think a lot of songwriters and uh, I know you're a musician as well. So I, I think a lot of musicians, if they've got something that they think is good, they like feel this compulsion or they have to get it down and get it out to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I do feel that way sometimes. So, so we'll see. Do you, do you road test the new material before taking it into the studio? See how it works um, live? Yeah. I mean, I show it to my family. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that. And then yeah, norm, normally, I mean, a lot of, the, not all the songs, but maybe some of the songs I'll play in a live setting before going to a studio, but yeah. But it's not like Chris they, Rock they, where he like workshops everything and he takes notes on the, while he's on stage and. No, no, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like that. So yeah. Plus like whenever I play live, typically like I, some, I sometimes play full band, but normally it's like an acoustic setting. Is your voice recorder that you use to capture ideas is is it full of snippets yes yeah how many many snippets how many snippets of ideas do you think you have on your voice recorder right now um i wonder if i can check can i check yeah oh it doesn't really have like a wow count i think Um, uh park gas Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. So all recordings, if I go back, it says all recordings, 718. Oh, 718. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting a double album in uh, 2025 here. Is it, when I say snippet, though, I mean, it's got some pretty ugly snippets on there, like some very rudimentary, like, you know, just two notes. Oh, could this be a me-? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, and there's a lot of like, so when I talk about refining, like I will record so many different versions of the songs because I think I got the final one. I'm like, nah, that sucks. I got to change this. So I go back and do another one or I'll change a lyric. And so I want to hear what it sounds like that. So a lot of repeats as well. So So that's 718 distinct ideas. Okay. No, sir. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I don't want to press our luck with on technology. And I, I think you have, have given some great in-depth answers and I th- this could be a good point to wrap up so i will say that okay. thank you so much uh for talking with me and uh yeah. i look forward to re- listening to more repetitions uh, uh of the record especially now with the insights that i have so um yeah thank you john yeah yeah well you're welcome thanks so much for having me it was a it was a lot of fun i really appreciate it all right thank you bye-bye